from WWNO in New Orleans and WRKF in Baton Rouge, you're listening to Louisiana Considered. I'm Bob Pavlovich. On today's show, we dive into the history of primary voting in Louisiana, from closed to open to maybe closed again. Dillard University professor Robert Collins joins us to discuss Governor Landry's push for a closed primary and the political messages it sends. But first... A special session has been making this a busy week in politics. Joining us to talk about it is Stephanie Grace, the Times-Picayune, the Advocate's editorial director and columnist. She's been reporting on the first week in office, and she joins us now. Stephanie, thanks for being here. Hi. And we're also joined by our state politics reporter, Molly Ryan. Molly, thanks. Hi, thanks for having me. Stephanie, let's start with you, the big picture. Why are lawmakers having this session again? Well, two reasons. Uh, The first is that a federal judge has ordered them to redraw the state's congressional districts to create a second out of six that could be won by a black representative, which in practical terms also means likely flipping one of the state's five Republican seats to Democrat. So that's driving a lot of this. Um, You know, if they don't do it, a judge could do it herself. And then the politicians will lose the ability to protect the incumbents they want to protect, people like House Speaker Mike Johnson. So they really don't want that. Um, But the second reason is, and this is a big one, is that Jeff Landry is a new governor and he is very much flexing his muscles. And he's using this kind of mandated election special session as an opportunity to make a bunch of other changes, very big changes, that he and his allies in the state Republican Party and actually, ironically, some of his adversaries among Democrats want. Um, But you know, that are likely to be pretty unpopular with voters. And of course, the big one is introducing party primaries to elections for at least some offices, which would likely not allow those who are registered without a party, you know, independents, non-party people to have a say in many elections. And just going back to the congressional map, which is the primary reason for this special session, as you mentioned, uh, I think every lawmaker that I've spoken to, they say they're really feeling that pressure from the judge, that if Mm -hmm. they don't draw a second majority black district this time, the judge will do it for them. And as Stephanie mentioned, they don't want that. So it does seem like they're going to pass. I mean, they're using imagery of like a gun to their head. Elizabeth Merle, the new attorney general, has said that. Mm -hmm. So this is basically Jeff Landry not only flexing his political muscles, but perhaps paying back some Democrats who crossed over to support him? Uh, Not Democrats, Republicans, really. Okay. Um, you know, uh, on the hot seat is really Garrett Graves, who is the representative, Republican representative out of Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. because, you know, somebody will lose a safe seat and it's likely to be him um, for a number of reasons. One is the geography and kind of the racial makeup of the state. But another big one is, you know, he didn't support Lance. He supported Steve Waggis back for governor. And also up in Washington, you know, he was seen as maybe not sufficiently supportive when his very popular colleague, Steve Scalise, tried to become speaker and, of course, failed. He's he's still the majority leader, so they want to protect him, too. Uh, The new Senate president is his former political aide, so they're very close. Molly, multiple congressional maps with two majority black districts have been proposed this week during the special session. What are those differences between those maps and which one's likely to pass? Well, there's basically two versions of a congressional map that have been proposed in this special session. They both would have two majority black districts. Like we said, you know, lawmakers seem to realize they can't get around that. But the first version, the two majority black districts would be in District 2 and District 5. 
So District 2 is already the only majority Black district represented by Congressman Troy Carter. And District 5 is U.S. Representative Julia Letlow's district. This is the map that's preferred by Black voting rights activists. Um, if you look at it, it's pretty geographically compact, and its supporters have pointed out that it splits parishes less than a lot of the other maps do. Uh, but that map really hasn't gone anywhere. The map that has the most momentum uh, is one that is backed by Governor Jeff Landry. And the two majority Black districts in that map would be in District 2 and District 6. So as Stephanie just said, that would put uh, Congressman Garrett Graves in danger of losing his seat. Um, in this map, District 6 does stretch pretty far, far. It runs from parts of Shreveport all the way to Baton Rouge. But again, Governor Landry supports this map, so not surprisingly, it's been the only one with much support this session. I would add, if, if Garrett Graves is a possible loser here, there is a winner, possibly, uh, named Cleo Fields, who is a, a state senator who is actually chairing the committee, which is he's one of the few Democrats to get a chairmanship in this majority Republican legislature. Uh, he's chairing the committee that's overseeing all this. He, um, he is said to be pretty close to Landry, despite their party differences. And he is someone who could very much be a candidate for Congress in that new in that new seat. And he was the Democrat, I guess I was not being specific about when I made my comment earlier about payback for some Democratic support. Right. I mean, I would say not payback, but more cooperation, mm -hmm. um, you know, because both he would be the winner here. He would get to go actually back to Congress. Ironically, he mm -hmm. was in Congress a couple decades ago in a district that was very gerrymandered and was actually thrown out by the courts for being too racially gerrymandered. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because there are some people looking at this district that is being proposed, the one Landry supports, as Molly said, and saying, kind of looks like his old district. So maybe, I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see what the courts say. Tell us about the bill to change the structure of Louisiana's primary elections, uh, which has made the splash. Molly? Well, this is another bill that has the support of the governor. Um, on the opening day of this special session, he urged lawmakers to pass this, which would switch Louisiana's primary elections from open primaries to closed primaries. So right now in our open primaries, all candidates are on the same ballot and all voters can participate in those primaries, regardless of their party registration. But if this bill passes, it means that primaries would really only be open to registered Democrats or Republicans who would each vote in their party's primary, respectively. That's unless a party chooses to open their primary to unaffiliated voters like independents, uh, although that seems like an unlikely outcome. And this might be the most controversial bill this session. Um, its supporters have said this could allow our congressmen and women to get elected earlier, make it to Capitol Hill earlier and get more favorable positions. Um, they're pointing to other states and saying we want to be like them and other states don't use the jungle primary that Louisiana does. Um, and, and that's true. They don't use the jungle primary, but most states do have some version of an open primary. Um, a lot, for example, have a system where voters don't have to register to a party and they can pick each election cycle which party primary they want to participate in. So that kind of allows them to switch back and forth. This bill wouldn't allow that. So uh, there's a lot of lawmakers who are concerned that it will disenfranchise a lot of voters who don't identify as a Republican or Democrat. Right. And, you know, I think a measure of, of how controversial it is, is the fact that they're kind of carving out a lot of other offices that it wouldn't apply to, like DAs, sheriffs, local officials, um, you know, it's a way of kind of softening opposition. 
I mean, there are all kinds of concerns here. You know, the cost of the additional elections, voter confusion, um, you know, but the bottom line is that it's a huge change that affects all of us who vote. And um, they're proposing it really with almost no public input or even much explanation. Uh, to me, the kind of, you know, key telling point is that this was not something really any of these candidates talked about during the election that we just had as a priority. Um, so, you know, it really has all the markings of insider politics. Mm -hmm. Stephanie Grace, The Times Picayune, The Advocate's editorial director and columnist, and Molly Ryan, our state politics reporter. Thank you both for being here. Anytime. Thank you. From WWNO in New Orleans and WRKF in Baton Rouge, you're listening to Louisiana Considered. I'm Bob Pavlovich. Closed primary methods of voting are typically the norm across the country. Voters cast ballots within their party until a candidate emerges victorious. Then they're matched against a candidate or candidates from other parties. Louisiana's open primary began in 1971 when a Democrat, Edwin Edwards, decided he didn't want to have to run three times to win an election. But the tide has turned, and now a Republican wants to return to a closed primary system for what he calls simplicity and fairness. Joining us is Robert Collins, professor of urban studies and public policy and the Conrad N. Hilton Endowed Professor at Dillard University. Thanks for being here, Professor Collins. Thank you for having me. A closed versus open primary. Could you briefly break down the key differences for us? Open primaries, or in some states they refer to them as uh, jungle primaries, are, are simply primaries where uh, your party affiliation does not matter. So any candidate from, from either party or independent candidates can simply register to run uh, in the race, and uh, any voter, regardless of their party affiliation or whether they have a party affiliation at all, can go ahead and uh, vote in that election. If no one gets over 50% plus one of, uh, of the vote, the top two vote getters go to a runoff and then whoever wins the runoff wins, wins the election. The closed primary system simply means that each party has its own nominating process through an election. The Democrats have a have a primary where only voters registered Democrat can vote in that primary. The Republicans have a primary where only Republican voters can vote in that primary. Each party candidate only has to have a, a, a plurality of the votes. So in other words, you know, whoever runs first goes to the general election, even if you get 30 or 40 percent of the vote, as long as you run first closed primary systems produces a Democratic nominee and a Republican nominee who then uh, run against each other in the general election. Interestingly enough, most states that have closed primaries are actually moving toward open primaries. Open primaries seem to be the more popular system. So we're actually seeing more movement nationwide with, with states that have closed primaries that, you know, they're moving toward open primaries. Now, let me let me state one thing, though. For presidential elections, ev everyone has a closed primary just because of the nature of the presidential nominating process. With Governor Landry's proposal, is is there anything sinister going on? Is is there concern he's doing this to guarantee Republican victory? I don't think there's anything sinister going on. 
I just believe that, you know, because he's been pretty open and honest for his whole career that that he prefers closed primary systems. He's in a position now where he has the power to um, promote his particular ideological point of view Mm -hmm. in that he believes that the current open primary system does not produce the most conservative candidates because in his view, it it allows Democrats to basically cross over and, and vote for uh, moderate Republicans. So if, if you have a race where, where you have a, a conservative Republican in the race and a, a moderate Republican in the race, and, and, and if there's no Democrat that the Democratic voters like, the Democrats are probably simply going to cross over and they're simply going to vote for that for that moderate Republican. And so that's going to allow that moderate Republican to get into the runoff and to possibly win the election. A socially conservative Democrat like John Bell Edwards is going to get a certain number of Republican votes because those Republicans are just going to cross over and vote for him. So basically what Governor Landry is trying to do, he's basically trying to stop that crossover voting. He basically doesn't want conservative Democrats or Democrats at all basically interfering in the Republican nominating process because he thinks that they're going to vote for the more moderate Republican. In his view, he, he he believes that the current system of being able to cross over doesn't produce the strongest candidate either. He you know he he basically believes that in in an open primary system, the the stronger Republicans basically cancel each other out. Might this switch create an environment where you end up getting extremists on both sides? There, there are a lot of published studies, and and most theorists and and scholars would argue that yes, it it does tend to produce more extreme candidates simply because it's going to produce the most ideologically pure candidates on both sides simply because, you know, the you know moderates that you know the nature of moderates is, is that they appeal to more than just the base of their party. They appeal to independents. They appeal to people outside of the conservative base of the Republican Party or the liberal base of the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. So um, if you have a closed primary system, you're basically cutting those people out. You're cutting out all the independents because keep in mind, that, that's an important issue. Independents cannot vote in a closed primary system. You know, now in the mind of, of the governor, he he would probably say that's a good thing. He would probably say ideological purity is is what we want in both parties. But in the view of other people, this this sort of promotes extremism mm-hmm. because you're you're basically producing candidates that have not even attempted to appeal to voters across the aisle. But again, independents could still vote in the, in the the general election. When we were talking about crossover votes, didn't Governor Landry win on the first ballot because of those crossover votes? Yes, it's the closed primary system w- would not have helped Governor Landry a- at all. In fact, the only reason. He he was able to win with you know a, you know a little over fifty percent of the vote in the first primary, is because uh, you know it's known that he actively campaigned in black precincts um, during his time in in Congress. He had uh, um, some relationships with some some black ministers, and he actually received twelve percent of the black vote, which is which is very good for a Republican. And of course, we know just based on voting patterns, that vote is primarily going to be Democratic vote. Most of those black votes are, you know, 80, 90 percent are going to be Democratic votes. So it's basically because Governor Landry was able to get a, a good number of Democrats crossing over and voting for him. That's what allowed him 
to win this race in the first primary. We're speaking with Robert Collins, professor of urban studies and public policy, and the Conrad N. Hilton Endowed Professor at Dillard University. Professor Collins, isn't this just political pragmatism on Landry's part? I won the first ballot. I got the power. Let me get what I want or what I think is best for the state. Well, I I think it's both. I mean, I really do think he sincerely feels that this is in the best interest of the state. He's trying to protect himself because basically, as an incumbent, he knows that a closed primary system would benefit him because basically it's going to lock out any moderate Republican that would try and challenge him. Now, I, I don't think U.S. Senator Bill Cassidy would challenge him. I don't think he's interested in being governor, but just theoretically, Senator Cassidy is well known for as, as being a moderate Republican who reaches across the aisle. Of course, he actually voted to convict President Trump in the last uh, impeachment trial. Senator Cassidy might be, or or a candidate like Senator Cassidy might be competitive in an open primary and would probably, you know, make it to the the general election simply because he would sort of be seen as the Democratic candidate. If there were no strong Democrats in the race, all of the Democrats would probably um, side with with Senator Cassidy Mm -hmm. or a candidate like Senator Cassidy, and then you wouldn't have to get as many Republican votes you know, to come over to your side. But in a closed primary system where you only have Republicans voting in the primary, uh, you know, a candidate like Senator Cassidy is probably doesn't stand a chance. He's basically making sure he cannot be challenged from inside the party. Who might the closed primary system disenfranchise? Of course, the the main people it would, it would disenfranchise are the the independents. I mean, if you look at voter registration in this country, more and more people are registering independent. I mean, it used to be a third Democrat, a third Republican, and and a third uh, independent. But if you look at voting patterns right now, more people are, you know, shedding their party affiliation and registering independent. So the largest block of voters, um, both in the state of Louisiana and in the United States right now, are independent voters. You're locking out a, you know, the largest single classification of voters when when you close the primary system. So that's an issue. But the governor, in his speech to the opening of the special session, focused on that. We all make our choices. We all decide if we're going to affiliate or not. And that's our choice. Yeah. And so, you know, the governor, you know, I think the governor is making an appeal that if you want to vote in the closed primary system or if you want to vote, uh, you know, for your candidate, then you should register for your party of choice. Mm -hmm. And therefore you can you can vote Democrat or you can vote Republican within your party of choice. So I think that's the that's the governor's argument. Nationally, there's a discussion of a ranked choice voting system, the two tiered voting system. Aren't they just hybrid open primary systems? Yes, yes. The ranked choice system, of course, is a, is a fairly complex system. They use it in, it's not commonly used. I know they did use it in the election for mayor of New York. I, I don't see ranked choice voting taking over quickly. I mean, you know, politics in the U.S. is so volatile right now. It's hard to predict what sort of voting systems we're going to have five years from now. But But for the short term, open primaries, seem to be popular, at least for for statewide elections and for local office elections and, you know, things of this nature. Now, it's important to point out some states use hybrid systems. So some states, um, the congressional elections are closed primary system, whereas their congressional elections might be closed primary systems 
because obviously party is more important when you're talking about Congress, you know, in control of Congress, et cetera. And, and I think in Louisiana, it's going to be necessary to have a hybrid system. And I think even the governor realizes this. You can't, you're not going to be able to, or, or it wouldn't be wise to close all offices for closed primaries. It, I mean, I think right now, He's planning and doing it for uh, statewide offices and for Congress. I think that's the current bill that, that I saw mm-hmm. going through the legislature. But it would be problematic, let's say, if you started doing it for local offices like sheriff, mayor, district attorney. And here's why. Let, let's say a city like New Orleans, which is obviously a heavily, heavily Democratic city. What you would have if you had a closed primary system is basically you would have a you know group of Democrats that would run, and then you would have a group of Republicans that would run. The Democratic primary would it would in essence become the election for mayor because who, whoever won the Democratic primary would basically crush the Republican candidate in the the general election by. 80, 20, you know, 75, 25, something like that. Mm -hmm. And people say, why does that matter? Here's why it matters. Because you'd basically be disenfranchising Republicans because, you know, the city of New Orleans, while it is a heavily Democratic city, you know, does have Republican precincts, has Republican areas. And so those Republicans strategically, if there's a runoff between two Democrats, they at least right now have a choice between the most conservative of the Democrats, the most pro-business, the most anti-tax. And in some mayoral elections, that Republican vote actually sort of serves as the the tiebreaker. They have a voice in that election, even though they know the outcome is a Democrat's going to be elected, they can help to elect a Democrat that is at least reasonable, that will listen to their issues. Fewer Democrats are going to elect the Democratic nominee, and then the Democratic nominee is going to win and those Republican votes don't matter. Now, when you're talking about Congress, governor, statewide offices, structurally, they're 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 different. And, and so you could perhaps make a better argument for having a closed primary system in those particular offices. Does a closed primary make the political parties sharpen their game? This this past election statewide, uh, we didn't see the Democratic Party, especially for governor. Uh, seemingly do very much. Well, the the closed primary system certainly makes makes the parties more important and makes the party apparatus and makes the party structure more important. So um, I, I think that's part of the governor's argument. He feels that perhaps the party apparatuses, the party structures have become irrelevant in the open primary system. And so in the closed primary system, that this would get this would sharpen most most party structures and this would make party affiliation relevant again, because you would have to have a specific structure in place, both to conduct a clean election and then to promote your candidate Mm -hmm. uh, once that candidate got elected. So I think that's part of the governor's argument as well. He would argue that he's trying to strengthen the party structure, not just the Republican Party structure, but the Democratic Party structure, because he, you know, he he believes that that serves the the political process uh, in his view. Robert Collins, Professor of Urban Studies and Public Policy, and Conrad N. Hilton Endowed Professor at Dillard University. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. From WWNO in New Orleans and WRKF in Baton Rouge, you've been listening to Louisiana Considered. I'm Bob Pavlovich. 
Thanks to our guests, the Times-Picayune, the Advocates Editorial Director and Columnist, Stephanie Grace, State Politics Reporter, Molly Ryan, and Professor of Urban Studies and Public Policy and Conrad N. Hilton Endowed Professor at Dillard University, Dr. Robert Collins. Our managing producer is Alana Schreiber. Our assistant producer, Aubrey Procell. Our engineer, Garrett Pittman. You can listen to Louisiana Considered Monday through Friday at noon and 7 p.m. It's available on Spotify, Google Play, and wherever you get your podcasts. Major support for Louisiana Considered provided by Rouse's Markets, a Louisiana shopping experience. More at Rouse's.com with additional support from Southern Strategy Group.